This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, doing the intro by myself right now. But today is a special episode. We weren't able to actually put a full episode together today. But we are doing Dumb Bleep of the Year. That's right. If you listen to this show, you know that on Friday, every single week, we do something called Dumb Bleep of the Week, where the people in our private Discord channel who have joined up through locals can go in there and vote on which thing they think was the dumbest of the week. Well, we are doing a Dumb Bleep of the Year, which means we're putting all those things against each other so we can figure out what the absolute dumbest thing was that happened this year. This one is a doozy like all of the episodes are sure to be. What we're doing here is we're giving you the clips of us talking about these things so you get the full context of all of them. It's going to be old news, of course, but it's still really important conversation. In this one, for instance, we have a long conversation about minimum wage and all of the drawbacks to raising it to, say, something arbitrary like $15 an hour. So we're going to be playing some of those dumb bleeps in this episode. If you want to get in on the voting action, which will happen before the end of the year, you can join up by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, chipping in as little as five bucks a month, and then you can chat live with us and get your votes in. All right. I'm going to get you right into the episode. Thank you. Dumb bleep number four. Uh, Gretchen Stacy Abrams. <laughs> Did you see the picture of the candle she posted on no, the day of? Uh, no. The day the election in Georgia went through. Um, it's one of those Catholic devotional candles or uh, votive mm-hmm. candles or whatever you call them uh, that you normally would see like Jesus on <laughs> yeah. or something of the Virgin Mary. Mary yeah. You know, some... Uh, Joseph, mother of Mary. Different, different things like that. And instead it's got Stacy Abrams on it. <laughs> And I just, you know, don't tell me that this is not some kind of a crazy religion, y'all. It is. It is a it is a crazy, crazy religion. Are you putting that up on the screen? I'm putting it up on there right now. Sorry. I, I actually kind of forgot about the screen, as people who are watching can probably tell. Um, I've been forgetting this whole time that I could do that. So now I'm doing it. Now it's up there. And that so this is the candle. You guys have seen them before, those those tall, skinny candles uh that you can like pray over and do stuff like that we used to have them in the studio at john's we call yeah. them 
call them Jesus candles. Yeah. <laughs> but now Stacey Abrams now is Stacey on Now Stacey Abrams is on there. I wonder what she's holding. The governor of Georgia, according to the, according to the left, <laughs> who is really good at accepting election results. Yeah, they are. <laughs> she can't be holding the Bible there. She must be holding uh, uh, Feminine Studies 101. <laughs> it's the book of uh, yeah. the book of the saints. No, but so. I mean, she's credited basically with with the Georgia election wins for getting people all, you know, riled up and organized and all kinds of stuff like that. I just I don't see how as a as a governor. Dang it, we call her Gretchen. Who the heck is Gretchen? This is Karen Whitmer. You guys have been trying to figure out this whole time who we were talking about. Oh, that's about. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's Karen Whitmer. Karen, Gretchen, Karen. Karen, Karen, Karen Gretchen. Yeah, it's a candle. She's the governor of Minnesota. Or uh, Michigan. Is that a little sacrilegious, blasphemous kind of thing? I mean, mm. I would feel like as a public uh, elected, a publicly elected official, you'd be a little bit worried about what that might do with some of your voters. But these days, uh, who cares? Because yeah. anything is anything. And Stacey Abrams belongs right up there with all the other people that have ever been on one of those candles. <laughs> They're basically the same thing. It's a great tweet. Okay, so Snopes came out with a fact check because they were very upset that people were talking negatively about the beloved AOC. Okay, and here's their rating. They say it's mostly false that she wasn't at the claim was that she wasn't even at the Capitol building during the riot, mm -hmm. which they say is mostly false. It's, well, it said, did AOC exaggerate the danger Yeah, she was in during the Capitol riot? That's true. The actual fact check is on, did she exaggerate the danger she was in. They say, no, she didn't. That is mostly false. Mostly, just like mostly peaceful protesting. What's, so what's true? <laughs> they say what's true is AOC wasn't in the main Capitol building where the House and Senate chambers are located. We could also say uh, the one that was breached where the people went in yeah. to do things. She wasn't even in that building. What's false? However, AOC never claimed to be in the main Capitol building when the attack on the Capitol began. AOC was, as she stated, in her congressional office, which is located in a network of office buildings immediately surrounding the Capitol. And her office building was one of the two buildings that were evacuated. Okay, so remember, the, the lie that they want to check here is, did she exaggerate the danger she was in on the 6th? Mm -hmm. It's not, was she in the Capitol? Because they can't do that, because that would be true, because she wasn't in the main right. Capitol building. They have to check on whether or not she exaggerated. Let's see this extremely unbiased fact checker who gets to fact check things for Facebook tell us about why this is a false claim. So one theme covered in her retelling of those events was how her past experiences with trauma, particularly surviving sexual assault, had compounded her fear during and after the Capitol riot. Quote, AOC said, I'm a survivor, I'm a survivor of sexual assault, and I haven't told many people that in my life, she said towards the beginning of her story. But when we go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other. And so with what Nate said, like we we're obviously this isn't part of the dumb bleep because that's a serious uh, matter uh, for anybody to go through. So that's not part of the actual dumb bleep. And it's true that past trauma uh, can be triggered by all kinds of things. I mean, people have PTSD from all kinds of things. I have PTSD when I'm driving now because I got rear ended twice within like a two month span. And that doesn't compare. I'm not saying that compares to sexual assault. I'm just saying PTSD can come from anywhere. So this dumb belief has nothing to do with that. Put your hate emails away, folks. <laughs> this is not where we're talking about. We're talking about whether or not she exaggerated the danger she was in. Here's your unbiased fact check. It took less than 48 hours for the white, the right wing 
or white wing, whatever they want to call it, the right wing disinformation machine to contrive a way to minimize what AOC said she had experienced. This is your unbiased fact checker machine. here. Yeah. In a circus of cyber. Bo- this is a this is an unbiased fact checking organization mm-hmm. that is an official fact checker for Facebook in a circus of cyberbullying that began on February 3rd, conservative news outlets and social media conspiracy trolls latched on to the misleading claim that AOC wasn't in the Capitol building and therefore was not in harm's way, as she had described in the Instagram video. Now, she wasn't in the main Capitol building. There's a there's a complex around there's office buildings, stuff like that. OK, well, let's just keep going here. Well, they and they say that the misleading claim. Yeah, that's not actually a misleading claim because that claim, as we saw above in your own fact check, check is actually true. She wasn't in the Capitol building. Online trolls went further by drawing a misleading comparison between AOC and Juicy Smouye, an actor <laughs> accused of staging a racist anti. He's accused of staging a racist anti-gay attack against himself in January 2019. No, he actually did that. (laughs) First, we will discuss what AOC said in her video, then explain why the attacks on her were not just made in bad faith, but nonsensical. This is a this is an opinion piece written inside of a fact checking article Mm. that's getting attached to things on Facebook. AOC's video. In an emotional 90-minute video, AOC described her detail how her in detail how her sense of danger grew in the days leading up to the assault on the Capitol. Why didn't she warn anyone? On the day of, she said she had felt sick with anxiety, but she was also happy at news that fellow Democrats Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff have won the U.S. Senate runoff elections in Georgia, handing Democrats a narrow majority in that chamber. Around the time the clashes at the Capitol started, AOC said she was at her desk scrolling through lunch options when she heard a loud, violent banging on her office doors. How privileged, by she the ran, way. Scrolling, scrolling through, through lunch, lunch options. options. Yeah. She ran over to her legislative director who told her, hide, hide, run, and hide. Quote. So it was her legislative director's fault because that's the person who told her to hide, mm-hmm. run, and hide. Yeah. So... Um, She hid in the bathroom of her office and realized that the person who was banging on the door had gotten inside and was yelling, where is she? AOC said she didn't know it while she was hiding, but the person calling that out was actually a Capitol Police officer. In the moment, while she was hiding in their bathroom and the door started to open on her, AOC said she thought she was going to die. This was the moment, quote, she said, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. But, from Snopes here, AOC never claimed she was in the main building. She said she was inside her office, which is just one in a network of buildings containing congressional offices. The office buildings at the main Capitol buildings are interconnected by a series of tunnels known as the Capitol subway system, which allows members of Congress to traverse underground from their offices to their respective chambers. AOC's building, Cannon House, is across the Independence Avenue from the Capitol and was one of the buildings evacuated. Now, here's the issue I have, because Snopes didn't want to talk about this. AOC literally said, Ted Cruz tried to have me murdered. That's the actual problem. Yeah. The fact that she feared for her life and didn't know what was going on. It was chaos. She had PTSD. She really thought she was in danger. That All that stuff is actually fine. But a few days later, or a few weeks later, actually, at the end of January, when they were all railing against Robin Hood... And Ted Cruz says, I agree with you. 
And she says, you tried to have me murder. Now you've had time to think about what actually happened. Now you know it was a police now officer. Now you know it was a police officer. Now you know that your office building was actually never breached. You were just evacuated and safe. Now you have all the information. Yet you still, you still had the gall to type out a tweet against Ted Cruz saying, you tried to have me murdered. Yeah. And if he did, didn't do a very good job. They didn't go to her building. Yeah, that's the terrible <laughs> hit job right there. That's, that's yeah. The, yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst hit job I've you ever seen. You generally need to be in the same building as the person that you're trying yeah. to murder. So I don't know if you guys noticed. I believe it was the in the Oval Office, somewhere in the White House. I think it was the Oval Office. They put up a picture of FDR, a big, giant picture of FDR in the middle. And everyone's talking about how great of a president FDR is. And of course, you get these random people commenting, saying, uh, you know that guy in the middle? He got the biggest picture right there in the middle. Um, he also rounded up like 110,000 people based on their race and put them in internment camps against their will. And this guy had to defend why they would put FDR out there, why he's still a good president because he pulled us out of the Great Depression and despite the internment camps is still considered one of the best presidents. Besides his obvious racism on display <laughs> against Asian Americans. This, who, <laughs> what, who decides that they're going to somehow be a principled person making a good argument and type out the words, despite the internment camps, <laughs> still considered one of the best presidents. Oh, those internment camps? Yeah. Don't worry about those. Yeah. I mean, would that work? Would that work for Trump? Can we do some whataboutism right now? Would that work for Trump? Yeah. If you well, despite the kids in cages. Yeah. Ips actually loves immigrants. Despite his Twitter. Yeah. Despite his Twitter. Trump was a great president. president. Yeah. <laughs> despite literally rounding up over a hundred thousand people and putting them in camps against their will, it's a really good president. <laughs> really good stuff, guys. <laughs> And so now we'll get to Dumb Bleep number five. And now. The final Dumb Bleep. And Charlie, well, maybe we'll tag team this article. The we're main gonna event. Be, we're going to be in and out of this out of this article for sure. Especially so. if we tag team it. <laughs> he went there, folks. Yeah. Oh, man. More personal stories, huh? <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Are you reading this or am I? Uh, uh, I'll start. Okay. So Biden. I'm sure you guys have seen this, but I'm sure y'all have seen this, guys and gals, um, girls and ladies and women y'all, and men and a woman. Y'all. Biden unveils $1.9 trillion economic and health care relief package. Oh, this is what we need, folks. This is just what we need. More bailouts, more <laughs> stimulus, more debt, because now they've proven that we can just print the money and nothing bad happens. Why do we even have taxes anymore? I don't know. From the Washington Post, President-elect Joe Biden laid out a $1.9 trillion emergency relief. We're still emergency stages, folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Emergency relief plan Thursday night that will serve as an early test of his ability to steer the nation out of a pandemic disaster and rapidly deteriorating economy and his promise to unite a divided Congress. Yeah, they're all about uni uniting. Right? Very big into the unity. Yeah. Yeah. The wide ranging package is designed to take aim at the twin crises Biden will confront upon taking office Wednesday with provisions delivering direct aid to American families, businesses and communities and a major focus on coronavirus testing and vaccine production and delivery as the pandemic surges. 
Biden's proposal is divided into three major areas, $400 billion for provisions to fight the coronavirus with more vaccines and testing, while reopening schools, more than $1 trillion in direct relief to families, including uh, through stimulus payments and increased unemployment insurance benefits, and $440 billion for aid to communities and businesses. When they say communities, they mean states that are going bankrupt. That's what they actually mean. Um including that exactly right the the, ne- the next part says that including 350 billion in emergency funding to state local and tribal governments because all your governments are bankrupt the proposal will aim to make good on biden's plan for universal vaccination program devoting 20 billion to that goal as well as 50 billion for a massive expansion of testing and 130 billion to help schools reopen uh, among the many goals laid out in the proposal biden hopes to deliver 100 million vaccine shots in 100 days and reopen a majority of K through 12 public schools at that time frame. Really? They can't even get 75% of healthcare workers to take the vaccine that's available <laughs> right now, but you're going to deliver a hundred million shots in just one day. I'm sorry, 100 days. The legislation includes a number of priorities sought by top congressional Democrats, including some of the more liberal members from increasing. Oh God, this is, this is the part. This is where it gets done. This is where it gets good. The legislation includes a number of priorities sought by top congressional Democrats, including some of the most uh, liberal members, from increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour to adding billions in funding for child care. So this is what they're rolling up into this emergency relief plan, by the way, folks. This is emergency relief. We're at our last straw. We're going to increase the federal minimum wage that to mean $15 gonna, an hour. Does that mean they're going to lower it back down after we're no longer in an emergency? That's normally how government's doing things during emergencies works, right? They, they take away those emergency relief items. It must be because it, it says emergency. That's yeah. what it says. And re- remember, we started this podcast with Moderna CEO saying that we would never be rid of the coronavirus. Yes, this is all pre-planned. I yeah. do organize the show. Uh-huh. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> Biden called for increasing federal unemployment benefits from 300 per week to 400 per week for millions of jobless Americans. The benefits would be extended through September, preventing millions of people from losing their jobless aid in March, as would occur under current law. Biden's plan states that he will also seek to link the level of un- unemployment benefits to general economic factors so that benefits increase automatically when the unemployment rate spikes, which it will do. After they double the federal minimum wage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, somehow, millions more people have lost their jobs. <laughs> As expected, Biden's proposal would also increase from 600 to $2,000 per person, the stimulus payments approved by Congress last month. Trump enthusiastically endorsed the 2000 stimulus payments, as did congressional Democratic leaders, but many Republicans opposed the idea. Biden's plan would also expand eligibility for the stimulus payments to families where one parent is an immigrant, as well as to adult children claimed as dependents on their parents' tax returns. So still nothing to do with people who make over $75,000 a year, including the year of the pandemic. Yeah. So um, do you want to talk about minimum wage yet or do you want to finish? I guess we only have three paragraphs left, two paragraphs left here. Yeah, we can finish the whole thing and talk about all of it. A major expansion of tax credits is also included in the Biden's proposal for children and lower income workers. Biden's plan would expand a tax credit for children to thirty six hundred dollars a year per child under six. Good God. As well as three thousand dollars a year for children under 17. I really miss the boat on having kids. I'll tell you that. 
Who would have known that that was such a good income plan? It's a cash cow, man. It would also, as long yeah, I mean, you have 10 of them, you can make $36,000 a year Whew. off 10 kids. It would also extend eligibility for the credit to millions of very poor families and would dramatically boost the earned income tax credit, a benefit for workers, from $530 to $1,500. Biden's plan also contains new initiatives aimed at buoying the ailing U.S. economy, such as a combined 14 weeks of paid sick and family medical leave. 14 weeks. 14 weeks, folks. 14. <laughs> Can I get a percentage count on that, please? <laughs> Was that 28%? Yeah. Is it something like that? I don't know what that is. Something. Someone crunch the, give me a number crunch on that. Uh, tw- well, 12 weeks would be three months. So. Good God. <laughs> it would. <laughs> It would provide grants to more than 1 million small businesses and approve about $35 billion towards making low-interest loans available, particularly for clean energy investments. This is emergency relief, folks. Emergency. Emergency relief. And for what? Why? Why do we need it? Well, right here, it tells you at the end, Nate. Biden's plan would put tens of billions of dollars into other needs facing the country from food and water assistance, food stamps, and funding for U.S. territories such as Puerto Rico. So we need all of this because we need emergency relief from the pandemic. Okay. Nate, this is, this is emergency relief package. <sighs> okay, so, um, oh, man. This is tough, and people in the group are talking about, you know, just how this doesn't make us so angry, we're not blowing up. That's what I, what I saw anyway. And, and um, I, when I read this last night, I was in a... Honestly, I, I was in a trance. I should not read anything political before trying to go to bed or trying to do anything. I was staring at the wall. Because then you dream about it. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you know, when you hit that breaking point and you're like just staring at the wall and you can't function. And yesterday we were talking about hope. Yeah. Not giving up. I still have hope. Listen, we knew this was coming anyway. I didn't quite expect them to go for the, I didn't expect them to go for the $15 an hour minimum wage tied to the COVID relief stimulus bill. Why not? At the same, and I don't know why. They said it, it to your face in cursive. I don't cursive. know why. I don't know why. I Last sh- year in your face in cursive, <laughs> they said it right to you, never let a good crisis go to waste. I know. They said it out loud. It is, oh my God. So let's, let's break this down with a couple key points here. I think it's the minimum wage, and I think it's the 14 weeks of paid uh, sick leave. Also the child tax credits. The child tax credits are insane. We already have a point where the bottom 50% of the country, their effective tax rate at the end of the year is 2.2%. Something like that is what they end up paying. Now, listen, I want everyone's effective tax rate to be zero. That is, that is what I want it to actually be. But listen, I come from a town where people will literally sell their kids earned income tax credit. Like that's a, that's a thing that people do. To make sure that they maximize it. They'll make sure that kids get listed under different people, that whatever the limits are, to make sure that as much money is getting brought in as, po- as possible. Okay, that, that's an actual thing that happens in even really, really small towns where we just got the internet a couple of years ago. You're also further incentivizing okay? uh, single household families. I know. It's because the, the, you know, the less uh, people you have making an income in a certain family and the more kids you have, well, the more money you make. To me, the most egregious part here, you got to start from the beginning. We have this pandemic. The economy gets shut down. Tons of businesses get closed down. A lot of people go out of business. Tons of businesses. 
going out of business permanently. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people are, are their lives are completely changed from this and businesses are barely getting by. And in the relief bill, they raise the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. And on top of that, increase the unemployment insurance weekly at the same time. They know what's going to happen from this. They know it's going to push people out of work. They know tons of businesses are going to go out of business and a lot of people are going to lose their jobs from this. They know it. They absolutely know it. Not only can businesses barely afford to survive right now in the current economy, but when you talk about raising the minimum wage up to $15 an hour, I got to tell you, a lot of businesses can't afford that. A lot of businesses can't. We've done the math. The, most, the biggest businesses in the world would have a hard time doing that without drastically reducing the amount of employees they have or drastically raising their prices. Or a combination. Or a combination. Or replacing all of their cashiers with computers. Things like this. or the Self-checkouts. People, people who stock their shelves with robots. All, all of these kinds of things. And then what do you need eventually? You need a UBI after that because mm-hmm. technology is taking everyone's jobs. That's not... Okay, now I'm getting mad. Hold on. <laughs> Everyone calm down a second. It is by far the most egregious it's thing. It's almost like you could see the writing on the wall. That's why you were staring at the wall. You could see looking, the writing. I was looking at the writing on it. Yes. And it said we're fucked. That's what it said. That's what the writing on the wall said. No, this was is it written in code or spelled out. Oh, it just said it. It was written in blood. I'm pretty sure that, that was it. Um, clear as mud. And clear as mud right there. It said we are effed. All right. This is not, if you're even a proponent of raising the minimum wage, let's say we agree with it 100% wholeheartedly. We thought it was a great idea, which it isn't. This would still not be the time to do that. It is the worst time to do that for all the people who have businesses. You know who can survive this? The massive businesses that have been able to be open all year and keep going. Amazon's going to be fine. They already raised their minimum wage to $15 an right, hour. Right. Walmart will be fine because they've got a stockpile of cash and they can, they're big enough. They have enough stores. They can adjust. They can adjust their prices up a little bit to make sure that they can afford to do this. All these people who lie to you, telling you that they care about the mom and pop shops and the small businesses and they hate the big corporations and, and they, they hate all of those people who have so much business and so many... They're lying to you because these, these policies are killers of small businesses. You know, I've been talking about my dad having a grocery store for a long time. He finally got rid of it uh, because uh, Illinois has been raising their minimum wage. And I can't afford to pay people $15 an hour there. Not only that, you but you're, can't do it. you're also, you're not taking into consideration the, uh, we aren't taking into consideration the wage devaluation. Of other people who are making more than $15 an hour right now. If you're making 15 bucks an hour, you, you better believe you expect your pay to go up to like 18, 19, 20 bucks an hour. You think states who already have $15 an hour minimum wage, you think they're going to be okay remaining at $15 an hour? No. Now they want 20 because they were already getting paid more because they were in New York and California and the living expenses are higher there and $15 an hour. Well, that's what someone in the middle of Arkansas is making working at a gas station. We live in L.A. I can't just be making $15 an hour. I need to make $22 an hour. That's what it actually needs to be. This insane idea that everyone around the country needs to be making the same minimum wage, even if you went down that road, that doesn't even make any sense. 
you can get if you wanted to, you could get a you could get a trailer and you could live on some land and you could pay 250 bucks a month for the trailer, which a lot of people do. I lived in the trailer for a long time. You should see them these days. They're nice. Yeah. They're nice. I've seen some. I mean, seriously. Seen some nice ones. You could pay two, three hundred bucks a month for a mobile home of some kind. And guess what? You don't exactly have to be making $15 an hour to get by and pay all. Not everyone has the same bills. Not every state and every county and every city has the same living expenses. Everyone deserves a home, Nate. I'm not talking about their homes. I'm just saying that you can't say 15 applies to every worker in the country. But the average rent in downtown Nashville, Nate, is $1,600 a month. I know, I know. How can I afford that with three kids on my own? That is a common, terrible argument comparing (laughs) the average cost of something and saying that if you make the lowest wage, you wouldn't be able to afford it. If you're going to talk about someone making the lowest wage, then talk about what the lowest price thing would cost. No, Nate. You got to talk about the averages and the lowest. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about the average cost of living, then let's talk about the average wage of everyone. Yeah. That would be the way that you would have to make that comparison. But you can see this happening. I mean, they're doing this on purpose um, because they know... Uh, and as somebody in the, in the group said, I can't remember who they said, but essentially what they're doing is they're just continuing their vote, their voting base. You're going to push all these people into unemployment. Then they're going to get the benefits and they're going to be dependent on making sure their lives can go around uh, based on the, what the government's giving them. And then they'll never vote for anyone else, but who's going to keep those benefits going. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed round one of dumb bleep of the year. Of course, All that stuff was crazy, and it's going to be really hard to whittle it down to one final dumb bleep, but we will do it. And if you want to vote, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, chip in as little as five bucks a month, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you have the time. Actually, even if you don't have the time, just make the time because it's super important. The algorithms determine everything. So go and do that. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children If you do all those things, we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.